When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-
love my Maeve. She's back. Yay. Felicity, who's crossed with Ruth, Claire from Scotland via Canada, who wants to take over the St. Stephen's Choir. I think Mr. Horn might fight for that job. Sam Mary D, who thinks that teaching up is faking it. Jojo Sexy Heels, who's following the yellow brick road. Huckleberry Jim. Now, he sounds like a new caller in a He is. Mm. Huckleberry Jim, who's Lucy's new cr- You fancy any bloke that rings in. <laughs> You wait till you hear his voice, though. Well, what may, may what effect will it, it have may, on may, me? May not have I'm the same Rayfield, not with a spoon. You. Yeah, sorry, may not have. Sarah would like it. Probably. Yokel Bear, yes. who's warming towards the Frere Brethren. Blythe Spirit, who thinks Charlie needs to be Sparta. Glyn, full of love, who wonders why Pip Archer has had her exam results one month after everybody else in the United Kingdom. And Witherspoon, who's back from his mid-Atlantic travels. But first, before we get to the meat of the show, here's a bit of bread, which is Lucy's last week in Ambridge. We began the week in bed with Adam and Ian, which was a bit hot, particularly as all the windows at Gay Grables are welded shut with ferret-proof solder. Ian had a lovely time at the cricket at Edgebaston, he said, despite it not being on. The happy couple broke the news to Pat and Tony about them getting married on the Isle of Spite. Sorry, White. And lovely old Rob (laughs) used the occasion of his getting away with marrying Helen, a time when the least he could do was be gracious and keep his trap shut to remind Tom and his entire family about the time Tom's own wedding went totally arse up and was an embarrassing disaster. I would be delighted if someone gave me the opportunity to dodge a wedding, but Emma is furious. She has missed out on the opportunity to wear her Diamante earrings, her Kurt Geiger slingbacks and get a vajazzle, as it's nice to look smart down there when you get the opportunity. So now she is furious and channeled Vicky Pollard saying, I reckon it's a bit rubbish. Meanwhile, over at the shop, Susan was having a fabulous time throwing her weight around as the Mary Portus of Ambridge, talking about footfall and customer Mm -hmm. experience. She is insistent that all the staff must now wear tabards and name badges. Susan's will be gigantic, as it is going to have to say. Hello, my name is Susan and I am here to criticise you in a passive-aggressive way until you walk out feeling a bit annoyed but you can't quite put your finger on why. Jill's badge (laughs) will just say... Hello, in a slightly spooky but caring way. And Jim's will say, caveat emptor. Susan did use the telling phrase, like a proper shop, which indicates how even Ambridge has cottoned on to the fact that they're using plastic coins and a Fisher-Price till. (laughs) Adam has decided to put his money where his ego is, but true to form, he spoke to Ian, decided he would take the job Debbie was offering him in Hungary, decided that there was no way he would take Brian's offer, then without talking to Ian at all, took Brian's offer. I don't know why Ian puts up with him. Charlie is going to investigate the spreadsheets and find out where all the money is disappearing to. It's disappearing mm. into Rob's back pocket and from there into the accounts of about 27 deluded women across the British Isles. Oh, sorry, my computer's gone kaput. Hang on a minute. You there we go. Sound like you just drummed on it. Uh, Pip got a 2-1 in milking, saying go on <laughs> and goose ushering. <laughs> Fabian, Lottie and Hannah all apparently did very well too. Yes, I thought you'd be pleased. They do sound like the sort of hard up working class young people who would struggle to get us farm, as Pip was saying the other day. Jill has decided to force Kenton into a rapprochement, Linda again, with his family by taking a leaf out of the Aldridge's book because that worked so well and is arranging a massive family party. 
If that doesn't end in a punch-up, I will eat Scruff's bloated corpse. Uh, we had a little respite from Home Farm this week, as Kate has been busy working on her business plan. She put on some yoga music and showed Lillian the plan, but Lillian asked if she could possibly turn the music off, as she couldn't concentrate, as it just kept making <laughs> her want three poppadoms and a lambuna. <laughs> <laughs> Believe in yourself, Kate, and then everyone else will too, said Adam. As I keep saying, Kate's problem is that she does believe in herself. The problem is, is that it's with absolutely no basis whatsoever. Heather Pet has gone missing. She ran away on her walking frame. She just had dinner and then left. Must have been a pretty awful dinner. They found Heather scaling the walls of her erstwhile home before she tried to beat Ruth to death with the for sale sign. I keep thinking there's something we haven't thought of, said Ruth. And we all screamed, yes, you stay there and let Pip stay in Ambridge and let's have less of this endless shilly-shallying. <laughs> We're in a groove in the M6 the amount of times they've been up and down. And as we all predicted, once we'd heard Kenton and Jeline getting all excited about the architect's plans for the open plan bull, the insurance company are not going to pay for it as the foundations were already suffering from damp. Do we all remember when Kenton failed to clean out the drain and it flooded and all Jeline's spandex shriveled? Yes, let's hope Jeline doesn't, otherwise it'll be Kenton's bollocks bobbing in a jar of vinegar on the bar and not the pickled eggs. Not that there will be a bar anymore as the ball is finished, an ancient relic finished off owing to damp foundations. Let's hope Peggy's keeping herself nice and dry. The end. Oh, I really liked it this week. <laughs> I did, Lucy. I did. Did, did. you? Jolly good. Mm, mm. Mm. And <laughs> when that little line, uh, when Kenton read out the letter from the insurance company and the line yeah. was there about pre-existing damp, I went, ha ha, that was yeah. that nonsense about the dresses, yeah. you know, yeah. which yeah. did go and make me think, goodness, I've been planning this for a long time. Yeah. It anyway. all gets there in the end, doesn't it? All mm -hmm. the things we laugh at and say, why the hell were we listening to a, you know, seven minute diatribe about damp, you know, about Kenton not cleaning out pipes. And then this happens and you think, ah, mm. but of course, if you've not listened every day for the last three years, you wouldn't have a sodding clue. But anyway, there we go. That's just one of the things of listening to the archers, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, should we um, go and see what our guest thought of your wondrous monologue yes now um miss duggars or can i just call you duggars uh, are we friends now of course we are duggars is absolutely fine cool right duggars you do something rather important during your day job what is that i do um i'm social media manager at the sun right now smashing now we've got you on because i want to know how we can get our hits up uh what we should be doing <laughs> right <there. laughs> No, let's talk about Ambridge. Let's I'll talk email about Ambridge. you later and tell you my day rate and we, no. can, uh, we can discuss it. God, this is not working out the way that we intended <laughs> at all, Lucy. Let's talk about the Archers then. Yes. When did you get into listening to All Things Sports It was a good few years ago because I, I started listening to it on the way home. It would sort of be on in the car um, when I was on my way home from work. And I just thought at, at the beginning, I had no idea who anyone was, but I was still tuning in like every day to find out what had been going on. Um, and I just got really into it because it, it, they seem to have toned it down slightly sort of over the years. But it used to be just like really overdone sound effects that I quite enjoyed. <laughs> and, you know, it would be sort of David being like, here we are in a field. Here are some cows. And then you'd hear some mooing. Um, and it just got me really into it. <laughs> so was it was was it that you 
was it that you were in the car at that time and it was just on and you kind of absorbed it without consciously listening was or was it a certain storyline that attracted you um it was i just sort of started listening to it it was all of it because like i said i had no idea who anyone was or sort of any of the backstory so I'd absolutely no idea what was going on. <laughs> you must have been completely lost for about a year and a half. Think, what the hell is going on? Who just, are these idiots? Just staring at the radio, sort of, like, what is happening? It's just all so dramatic. I loved it. I like the fact that you said that there was like loads of kind of heavy sound effects and, and, and the kind of tone that down. Somewhat analogous to us. We used to have a whole load of a raucous carryings on going on, on dum-de-dum. Now we just have the odd meh, don't we? <laughs> yeah, and we had the odd didgeridoo for Maeve. Yep. Oh, not, not for Maeve. Millie, Millie, Millie Bell. Don't, do we not? We still have the didgeridoo, don't we? Yes. Or is it a didgeridoo? Do. Now, yeah, we do. You yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not Rolf Harris doing it. It's like proper Aussies doing it. Who, yeah, no. we can still mention their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Childhood ruined because of that, man. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> Right, who's your favourite character? Um, it sort of changes day to day, but Ooh. at the moment, and I know this is going to be very controversial. Don't say Rob. Pip. What? Oh, God, what? Pip. It's never Pip. It's Rob. I really like all this sort of, his sort of... No, you like to hate him. ...really done sociopath type stuff. I'm really enjoying it. And I want, I want more of Rob because of it. Is it you want more of Rob? I kind of want more of Rob because I want the storyline to end. I want it to get where it's going and be over. So he's either going to be shot in prison, you know, found out in somewhere or other, but it's just got to end because it's it's unbearable. It is a slow burn with the Helen stuff, isn't it? And it, it does, I do kind of want it to just come to a head. But I also want to know, like, what's been going on with him basically flooding the entire village and, yeah. you know... Cooking the books, making up cows and stuff. I want to know what's happening. <laughs> I assume well, that's what he's been doing, that he's been saying... I can't oh. figure out what the hell's been going on. But it, all they said was something about the, the maternity? Yeah. Like, not no, maternity. So facility. More cars? No, no, no. Not? Or, you know... It's the it's milk yield, more... isn't it? Was it no, the milk? No, no, no. No, it's not. It's, Fertility it's, it's the amount of calves oh. that have been produced from the... In, because they feed them all these horrible fertility drugs and God mm. knows what, and it's the amount of calves that have resulted. Mm. So there's either more calves than there should be or less. I'm going for less because otherwise that would be quite a good thing, I think. Sure. But I don't even know enough to know whether that would be good or bad. Well, less might be good for the planet, but bad for Barrow Farm as a business. Barrow Farm. As, as Sarah said, he's, they, he's, he's, they hate he's, the planet. They mm. hate the planet. Mm. Um, but either way, he's making up cattle, as Sarah said, which cannot be good. Mm. I would say more he's making up shit, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's yeah. just me and my, my potty mouth. Now, um, Sarah, you obviously work for an August national publication. I do, yes. All right. Now, which member of Ambridge, which resident of Ambridge, do you reckon reads The Sun? Oh, I reckon uh, Rex and Toby. They seem yeah. like they'd, they'd sit down with a copy of The Sun. Mm-hmm. And I think Neil would, yeah. given half a chance, oh, yeah. unless Susan caught him and then made him read the mail. Yes, exactly. So what are the, what are the, what are the Grundys reading? I don't know. The Mirror? Maybe the Mirror, maybe like the Daily Sport. I think that's harsh. <laughs> Daily Sport, that's very harsh. Well, does anybody read the Daily Sport? Jazza. Jazza would be the Daily Sport. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Where's he been? Oh, God knows. 
I mean, is he still even living with Jim? He's just disappeared. You think yeah. he'd be in, in the bull all the time, but he seems like a man who would like a microwaved meal. Mm-hmm. You'd think he'd be there constantly. Very true. He's another one of the Ambridge disappeared, isn't he? Um. Yeah. Because <laughs> then what will happen in a couple of months' time, a couple of weeks' time, someone will start saying, oh, I've just seen Jazza. And then we'll think, oh, hello, he's coming back. And then in the next scene, there he'll be. Yeah, that's a storyline. You just reminded me, Lucy. There what? was a um, thing on, was it on, on Amazon? And it's, um, there was, it was set in France originally where all these people had died like 10 years ago and all started reappearing. Then they did an American remake. I'm going to have to. I only saw the first episode and it was really spooky. I want to go back and watch that. Thank you for that. For the, that <laughs> put that little seed in my mind. I'll report back next week and how good it was. <laughs> so you're very much into this Rob and Helen storyline. Are there any other storylines that are getting you similarly exercised at the moment? Well, sort of, the one that's making me really angry at the moment, which is, I think, unsurprisingly, is Kenton. Mm. Stop whinging. Like, he's, he's the one who's sort of, he's blamed David for ruining them and all of this. But then when it comes down to it, he'd rather sell the pub than ask him for help. Yeah. He even said, like, I'd rather cut my own throat. And it's like, well, that's pretty much what you're doing. Um, and he's just, it's so OTT. It's not just like, well, I'm pretty pissed off with David. It's like my whole family are conspiring against me. Mm. Everyone hates me. I'm going to go and put a TV on the credit card. And it's just like, oh, shush. <laughs> it is just fantastically, um, he's just acting out as an adolescent, isn't he? Yeah. He's having the little parental rebellion that I don't think he ever had because he was off in the Merchant Navy. It's like he saved it all up until he's <laughs> nearly 50 and now he's decided to start going, oh, God, you all hate me. I hate you all. No one oh, likes me. Just... Oh. The other one that, again, and this is this is slightly un- unfair on my part, I think, but Heather. Heather's really annoying me. <laughs> because she's still alive. <laughs> yes. She hasn't died. Body home or die. You, did you, were you hoping that when she went missing, she's going to be like found dead in a culvert somewhere? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> And I mean, and it's Ruth's being pretty annoying. Like, if anyone says anything to her, there's, she sort of gets really cross with them. Like, she's my mum and I'm killing her. It's like, oh, my God. But just, you know, I kind of hope that once I'm Heather's age and can't stand up without falling directly onto my face every two minutes, that just I'll go gracefully. Like, OK, I need to go into her home. I'll do that. Well, I don't want to be a burden. I'd, I'd sort of martyr myself and make everyone, you know, like me for it. Whereas Heather's just sort of pain in the arse well i think that's a bit harsh which is generally generally i reserve that kind of statement for anything that lucy says that's a bit harsh but sarah (laughs) i'm turning it on you now that's a bit harsh because she's trying to be independent but it's not working is it and i just think what they need to do is just like throw her in a car drive her down to ambridge as much as i actually don't want her Exa- to be. exactly yeah. that's what i think. exactly it's what you would do you just say mom you can't look after yourself yeah, i'm sorry ridiculous. you know you're coming down to ambridge yeah and also she's a she's a nice woman heather she is considerate and she was always saying oh you don't need to come down pet and all this <laughs> malarkey so she wouldn't want R- ruth to be roaring up and down the 
you know, motorway every two seconds, panicking and, you know, all this. Especially there's milking still... to be done. There is milk. Well, she... <laughs> While she's still got her marbles, she would say, and to say, oh, well, she's still got her friends and her life up there. She hasn't. She's in a home. She's falling over mm. and all her friends are dying, yeah, by all it... accounts, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So she's what's got... she staying up there for? Exactly. Well, because she's lost her teeth as well. So she, has. she hasn't got well, them there's, anymore. There's always a bright side. <laughs> <laughs> but just, it's just that sort of thing of, I mean, I'm glad she's not coming to Ambridge, but I think that might happen next. Or she, she's going to die soon and Ruth will then sort of go mental. And maybe, as you were saying last time, you know, have an affair with the uh, new dairyman again. Um, <gasps> I still think it's going to be Ruth will move down there because she said this time, you know, oh, if only there was a thing we could think of to do. And, you know, she's got to go there and Pip's got to stay in Ambridge, hasn't she? That's oh. the only way it's going to work, mm. I think. But I don't know. I don't, think, I, don't I, think, I don't think Pip's leaving. No, no God, not no. for Brazil. Well, they wouldn't bring, on, bring in a new actress and then, you know, sack her off for two years. That'd be ridiculous. I don't know. My, what he asked was just thinking, they've done more stupid things than that before. <laughs> but, also, but also maybe they just hate her as much as everyone hates Pip. So that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what they've decided. That could, that could be what's happening. Well, I tell you what, the great Ambridge listening public Maybe starting to turn on, on Pip, you know, in terms of like hating her. Somebody on the Book of Face today says it, it's your favourite character. Couldn't believe it. No. Couldn't believe it. I think it's because she told Toby to take a running jump. Well, I was, I was quite impressed with her for that. I'm sorry. I was quite impressed with her for that. It was quite good. But with the Toby and Rex thing, she seems to be acting as if she's never met a man before. <laughs> Every time yeah. they speak to her, she's like, oh, oh, <laughs> Christ. She saw one of them with their top off and just went like mental. Yeah. Just, you know, sit down, take a breath. It's okay. <laughs> so if you haven't been listening for millions of years like the rest of us, are there any... Are there any bits of sort of backstory that you've had to think, why would, why is that so important to so-and-so? Or why is, what is the deal with so-and-so? Is there anything that's kind of completely confused you for a long time? Well, the one reason is why Helen is just so bloody wet. Um, and then obviously I looked it up and, you know, she's so awful, her first boyfriend shot himself, which, mm. and that sort of made everything make a bit more sense of why she's, you know, so desperate. Mm. But, um, and and I think to be also... fair, she was desperate before. That's the reason why, because he was just True. a weird one, you know. Yeah. But she was, he, she keeps picking men. Well, she had to, actually, that's not true. The two men <laughs> <coughs> uh, that she sort of picked are both, you know, those women that say, oh, well, I, they, they like, they like a challenge kind of thing. They like, oh, only I understand yeah. him sort of thing. Yeah. And they were both quite similar in that respect, Greg and Rob. They're both kind of um, very men's men and, you know, they kind of, uh, uh, were, he, they were both kind of quite aloof and uh, there was there's something in Helen, I think, that she feels the need to, to, to I prove. I think, Lucy, you're half right because when Rob was presented to, to Ambridge, 
he was a fully formed man. He was, everybody said, oh, he's really quite handsome. And mm. he seemed to be Mr. Perfect. And he had this perfect domestic setup. And the first clue that something was wrong was the fact that his wife didn't move up to Ambridge. But actually, yeah. Rob was perfect first start. Greg, nutter. There was something, <laughs> it was just like something weird with him. So she, she, might, she wanted to fix him and she really yeah. wanted to fix him and his relationship with his daughters, remember? Yeah, yeah. However, with, what she was attracted to with Rob was actually, he, he was seemingly an alpha male. And actually what she's attracted to is misogynists. That's what she's yeah. attracted to. It's like yeah. she's, she's got sort of crushingly low self-esteem and it's just sort of like... Yeah. This, this is this is the best I can get. You know, it seems perfect, but it's actually really nasty to me all the time. Mm. Mm. But she's still not seeing him as being really nasty, be- is be- she? Because he, she... No, because he, he isn't overtly nasty to her all the time. You know, and that's the, that's the genius of the storyline, isn't it? That it is it's... really well done, I think. You know, yeah. it's really subtle. Um, and obviously... Yeah, I suppose when you're a listener, you can see all the puzzle pieces at once. Whereas it's not as if her family or friends sort of see this really mm. nasty, devious side to him. Except Shula. Shula yeah. has. That's true. And David. When everyone's asking, now that they've come back married, um, everyone keeps saying, oh, can I see your ring? And it's like, well, it's, it's just a wedding ring, surely. Is it, is, yeah, it's the I engagement just, ring that's the flashy, flashy one, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Oh, the ring's a bit of a giveaway. Well... Yeah, but it's not exactly. I hadn't I don't thought of that. Around just staring at people's hands, maybe. Mm. Maybe that's what you do in the country. But... <laughs> I, I tell you what I thought was weird, though, and I can't remember exactly. I, I think it was Kenton, but um, it's about Tuesday or so, and uh, Helen was chatting away, and Kenton was there, and Kenton hadn't heard the news. Absolute bollocks. It's only a, it's a village and someone's got married and the member of your mm. extended family, you're going to know within five seconds of them announcing it. And if Susan Carter knows, it's all <laughs> over. <laughs> it's not, you know. I do like it when you get little bits of, I, I think what might come to a head is Rob is really horrible to Henry because he sort of gets close to snapping quite often. Mm. Well, he did last week, didn't he? he Say, for goodness' sake, Henry, put that down, and then yeah, and then God. Peggy, yeah, Peggy Peggy's came. purse appeared, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, you come in and sit down." And... Mm. I do think the one thing about Rob, though, is I don't think it's sort of. I think even he was a bit like, "Wow, you can't give us ten grand," rather than sort of like rubbing his hands together, like, "Oh yes." No, you know, I read that completely as "Oh yes." Oh really? That's I thought he genuinely too. sounded like. No, no, I think he went through. You know the. You the have polite to. motions. Exactly, the yeah. polite notion that, oh, that's just too much. And he's saying, thank you. Don't just go, thank you, you and start writing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I've ever met a person, and I don't think I want to again, Sarah Douglas, and don't take this the wrong way, because that sounds overly harsh. I'm saying it to myself now. Who actually <laughs> likes Rob Titchener. You said he's your favourite character. As opposed to you like, you love to hate him. <laughs> Oh, steady on. Is that the drinks cabinet? Both, but I also, I just think he just sounds like he'd sort of stride around taking charge. And I I quite like that. Mm. I I, I don't, I don't sort of, I do love to hate him, but I also just kind of love him. He's just exciting. Now that the sort of, everything's got a bit quiet on the road. Do you like a bit of a posh, tough kind of bad boy? Yeah. He's beyond bad boy though. He's sociopathic. He is a psycho. 
I mean, there's Mr. Like Darcy. That. No, no, no. Wait, 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 We're just saying he's a psycho, and you like that. <laughs> I probably shouldn't like admit to this on a podcast. It doesn't. It doesn't make me sound particularly stable, does it? I'm a bit worried that maybe I, I am Helen. No, but what you've fallen for is what Helen's fallen for. Yeah. Oh God, I'm Helen. <laughs> on that anyway, note, our time is up now, really Sarah. Like <laughs> Exactly. On that note, I think we need to listen to more people's views on the world of Ambridge. Let's hit those calls. Oh, that was good. Yeah, we love to leave yeah. our we love to yeah. leave our guests on a sort of a doing a bit of self analysis and coming to horrendous <laughs> conclusions. It's always good. Doctor Anthony Clare, what was his was his psychiatrist chair? His program? in the psychiatrist chair. Yes. Uh-huh. So tell me why you're a fucking. We, we just dress Dumpty Dum up as some nonsense about the arches, but really, yes. Mm-hmm. Is this an intervention? Uh, yes. <laughs> Not before time, obviously. <laughs> God, this is terrifying. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Lucy, who's first? Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Maeve here. I uh, haven't been uh, listening to the Archers for quite a while. I've uh, been recuperating uh, from being poorly. Um, so just started listening sort of late last week again. And shock horror, uh, discovered that uh, Helen had now married Rob. At this stage, I thought that either Helen or Rob or both might be dead. But, uh, but hey-ho. So I think this is going to go on and on and on. Um, one of the strange um, things about being poorly... Uh, was that I couldn't bear to listen to the archers during the time. So I think that maybe a sign of me getting slightly better is actually that I can bear it. But having listened to Friday's episode and, and the fact that they're now married, I'm not sure. Anywho, good to be back. Um, love the new website and um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Cheers then. Bye. Uh, Maeve in the big press. Ooh. Hurrah! I don't care what she said. I'm just very glad that she's back. Me again. too. Me too. She My did... original girl. Yeah. And you don't sound quite your old self yet, Maeve. You need to stay on the Guinness and then you'll get sound stronger. <laughs> um, Maeve did say that being, when she, because she's been quite ill recently and she's now recovering, that she said some days she just couldn't listen to the Archers mm. because it just, you know, just wasn't the right thing. It was sort of annoying or whatever. Uh, are there any times when you have not been in the right frame of mind to listen to the Archers? Royfield Brown. No. Really? No, 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 no. Because the Archers occupies um, a very unique place in my kind of life and kind of scape in that it's important and it's inc- it's vital, but it's not do or die, if that makes any kind of sense. So my mood isn't really, it doesn't really oh, affect right. my mood in, kind of in any way. If I'm a little bit down, well, that's not quite true. If I'm a little bit down, it kind of peps me up a little. But if I'm up, for me, it's always just a, a some positive. But uh, no, so I'll never go, I just can't listen to it anymore. But... Uh, as I've just kind of said on many occasions, I was never a, never a Nigel man, but that has more to do with my uh, reverse kind of snobbery. And um, so when he fell off the, uh, you know, when he <laughs> fell off for her lower Loxley, I, w- I couldn't have been happier. But uh, um, so, you know, the arches only ever makes me happy, never sad. And 
Yeah, there's somewhat of a terrible answer to quite a very clever question. Sorry. It wasn't terrible at all. No, I completely understand how it... Lots, it... Lo- lots of umming and ahhing and me thinking on the spot there. But it's it's how it's outside your own life. It's just a little world all of its own, mm. which is why which is why we all love it, I suppose, mm. because it is a self-contained little world. I I find it, when I'm stressed, I find it very... There are certain books I go back to when I am stressed or agitated or sad. Mm. Uh, and usually P.G. Woodhouse, uh, particularly the Blandings Castle books and um, Map and Lucia, the Tilling books. And I listen to The Archers and it is because they exist in beauty. And I watch Frasier because they are beautifully ordered, self-contained little worlds that don't need me to do anything to them. I can worry about Helen all I like and I can, um, uh, you know, get uh, get annoyed by by characters or whatever. uh, Or I can, you know, um, get infuriated by Elizabeth Mapp in in Mapp and Lucia. But I can't do anything about it. And it's a huge break for my brain to just think you can't, you know, you you are, are forced to be a bystander here. You can't. You can't affect any change whatsoever. And it's it just reminds your brain that you don't have to do everything, I think. You know, that's really quite interesting about the whole idea of kind of coming back to something, um, you know, time after time. And my initial reaction is to say that actually I, I don't. I don't find comfort and solace in, you know, retreading a, a path to something that I've got creatively got something from. But that's not kind of quite true because... I do look at um, classic uh, photographs or works of art. Like I love the artwork of Jean-Jacques David, uh, and I primarily kind of came to, came through into his work through lo- uh, through a love of history, uh, particularly Napoleon, kind of early modern European history, and Michelangelo, and also Picasso. And I I can forever go back and take something. Uh, from them again but it's kind of almost like the archers all they do is kind of fuel me you know and, mm. I, and I go and they kind of hit me with a sense of kind of like you know wonder and oh my god that that was just so amazing and how could somebody do that and, and kind of think that but on a more slightly kind of humdrum and personal level the um there's a period uh, like 1967 to 1969 where my favorite comic book artist John Bysema drew the avengers and i think the writer at the time was a guy called roy thomas and it's the it's the way that um these heroic figures were drawn and it's imprinted in my mind from being about six Mm. uh, because of the british reprints in the mid 70s but originally they came out in the in the seven in sorry in the late 60s in, in the u.s and it so affected me that i still draw when i draw um I draw like a, a poor man, John Bysema, the, the way of looking at looking at anatomy. And I forever go back and look at those comics and the heroic poses and the mm. way that he just kind of understood anatomy and then understood it to exaggerate it. And just the classic storylines. It's the first time I ever read the, the term schizophrenia because um, one of the characters became schizophrenic. And I always remember the... Uh, T'Challa looking out the window and even though somebody had this coat on and a hat and, and 
and it was this raining evening, he said, there's Captain America. And Hawkeye turns and says, how do you know? He says, I can tell by the way he walks. And it's just these little things that's going to stay in your mind. But mm. the way it was just drawn was so brilliant. And I ever, and I put, I always go back to those comics. They're absolutely yeah. beautiful. Mm. Mm. There are things, that, yeah, there are things that you just go back to. It's like going home to something. But it's going back to a place in your brain that you find as comforting as returning to somewhere you feel safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, get well soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the road to recovery. Bewilderingly long segue there, but anyway. More guineas. Yes, we are very, very glad to hear you back with us, yes. mate. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Felicity, Ruth. Ruth is driving me bonkers at the moment. I'd like it to bop her on the nose or something because she is completely focusing on what she thinks is best and what would actually suit her best. Her mother is clearly capable of walking. Um, We know that because she got up to help somebody when she fell over, but that was just a slip in hospital. She's capable of going out in a car and visiting a potential residence. She's capable of talking. We know that because she's expressed her desire not to go into a care home. We don't know if she's completely able to dress herself and we assume she's able to feed herself. We now know she's also capable of packing a suitcase and making a phone call to a taxi firm. So what Ruth should be doing while she's spending all this time up in Prada is to be getting hold of the local occupational therapy services and getting people in to assess Heather Pet's home for aids and adaptations which would enable her to continue living at home with possible additional care. Ruth could also be looking into perhaps releasing some of the equity from Heather Pet's house in order to finance any extra work that needs doing. Has she never heard of occupational therapists for God's sake? Anyway, that's my little rant. I think that's right. I think this whole storyline is really weird. You are right, you know there, Lucy. I've had a certain amount of sympathy for Ruth in terms of... You know, as, as your parents get older, they don't they don't gradually become older. It happens in fits and starts and jolts. And, mm. you know, they'll do something and you go, oh, my God, my parents are old, right? Mm. And Ruth has had that fit, start and jolt with the fact that her mother has been seriously ill and really needs to be in a home so instead of her running up and down and what does she do when she's when she's up in product she does nap all right she should yeah. be getting aids for a mother in that if she's serious about a mother being back in the house but really and truthfully as, you know as i said earlier she should just say mom i don't care what you say pack your suitcase or i'll pack it for you get in the back of the car you're yeah. coming to ambridge it, you know if <laughs> get in the back of the car that sounds a bit threatening but I know but, you yeah, but you know please this is just yeah. ridiculous now. yeah yeah it is it is yeah yes i'm absolutely. angry too felicity yeah yeah it's like they're trying to they want the story to come out in a certain way so they're just trying to squish it through this silly mangle of nonsensicalness to or nonsense as we say in english to um to make it come out in that way even though the the mangle that they're putting it through make it doesn't have any any logic to it Mm. They're, they're they're dragging this out to so this coincides with the fact that pip 
yeah. has to go. They're to trying Brazil. to push it to to that resolution. Exactly. And, and exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, poo to that. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Claire from Scotland, my Canada here, calling to nitpick about this travelling opera company coming to Lower Loxley. I have never before encountered a travelling opera company that sings the opera in the original language. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...above the native language of the country in which they are traveling. Not here, not in Canada, not anywhere. So I was thoroughly confused when Jim turned to Jill and said, oh yes, and did I tell you, the operas are going to be sung in Italian, and having to give Christy an Italian conversazione because she doesn't speak a word of it. And of course she doesn't have Regis in Italy. I mean, but having said that, I would imagine, I do imagine Jim to be the sort of person who keeps scores of music, literally scores of music, um, to follow along at the symphony or the opera, and I certainly would have imagined Christine to be actually having said this on account of Peter being a touring orchestra conductor or first violinist or whatever it is Peter is. Having said that, I am done meat speaking and I am now off to plot a takeover of the St. Stephen's Choir. We don't hear enough about them and I seek to fix this. Take care, I wish you luck at the podcast, loving it as ever and all the best. Claire from Scotland via Canada uh, is fascinated by this opera company coming to... Um... Uh, um, Lower Luxley and uh, singing in Italian. Uh, if you're singing in Italian opera, you do sing in Italian, unless you're the English National Opera, don't you? Um, anyway, Claire is quite keen to take over St Stephen's Choir because not enough is heard of it, she said. I think after the last thing, more than enough is being heard of it. But anyway, can I just say this is what I understood from Claire's call, right? Hello, dum de dum. Blah 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 blah. I didn't, you know, I, what opera, Italian? I, I, I didn't understand none of that. I just, but I love her knowledge on this topic. And also, yes. I love the way that she always manages to get in some kind of reference to uh, classical music and to sing it into her calls. Yes. Stroke She's a music love. correspondent. But as I say, none of it made any sense to me. <laughs> I trust that it made sense to other people. <laughs> Probably Andrew Horn. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Miss Alliance, can she's a singer, I just singer. say, talking about your mm. boy Horn, because he's a clever chap. And last week, you and I opined that Adam should shut his cake hole and just do the, have the deal yeah. that was put on the table. 
And I think we have to pause for thought if two eminent business people stroke financial experts basically go, hmm, that's not such a great deal. Because Cosmo um, wrote uh, on his uh, post-podcast analysis that this was not a great deal. And it chimed with what your boy Horn said. So mm. the only thing I would say is, you know, that's the reason why I'm not a successful businessman, because I don't know. I don't know anything. And I will slightly bow to their wisdom in all of this. However, from the outside, to me, if Adam is trying to make such, uh, such sweeping changes in the direction of the farm, um, that to me isn't an employee. That is somebody whose hand is very firmly yeah. on the tiller and yeah. should take the risk. But I, you know, I, and I think I did correct myself when I said, well, OK, um, maybe there should be some kind of gradual easing into this because he has financial obligations of his own. But still, my gut is that if you want to just change the way that everything's been done for 40 years, um, we'll, we'll take the risk. But, mm. you know, if uh, wiser business heads that have made their careers in the world of commerce and, and business uh, tell me otherwise, well, then I suppose you have to go with what they say. That's what I want to say about Andrew Horn and Cosmo. Yeah. Next caller in raw. Sam Mary D. Hello, Dumpty Dum darlings. It's Sam here. I'm on the Twitter at Sam Mary D. Um, I've been listening to last week's podcast, which was obviously as marvellous as usual. And uh, thinking about what Lucy said about Titchy Knob is definitely divorced because Helen's seen the piece of paper. Well, as the proud owner of a decree absolute from the event which shall not be named in a previous existence, they're not that hard to forge. It's basically just a typed piece of paper. It's got a little stamp on it from the court. I don't think that would be beyond the wit of man for him to get out his John Bull printing set and forge one of those. Anyway, hope you're all well. Sorry to not see you in London the other week. Hope to see you soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Tichinob has forged the decree absolute, which would make him a bigamist. Mm. That would just be too much. Come on. Everybody said that somehow he'd forged the semen sample or what? No, it wasn't a semen sample, was it? The hair sample with the DNA test was Who taken. Who is the from... semen sample? <laughs> <laughs> Able semen sample. <laughs> um... And I think because we all know he's evil and he's a pantomime villain, but we we are really trying to, you know, paint him as a villain that is pantomime-like, and he hasn't done that. He's like, come on, he can't have done that. My thing with this whole storyline is he's got enough uh, strikes against him that actually we didn't need him also now cooking the, you know, cooking the, the yeah. cow books. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, another <laughs> thing, you know. Yeah. We could have add that to the list. You know, we, we didn't need to add that to the list at all. And also, when the decree absolute came through, wouldn't Jess have rung him? Because she seems to kind of, we always have, whenever there's any big traumatic uh, thing happens, dramatic thing happens, we always get the phone call from Jess, don't we? Mm. Well, and and then him saying, well, you're crackers, aren't you? That's why I'm not with you. And blah, blah, blah. Well, now you're saying that you do believe that um, he... No, I was just thinking it's it's... It, I don't know, but I thought divorces took yonks to come through. That Listen, seems to be quite quick. That's what I thought too. You know, so initially uh, when they went away to the Isle of Wight and it just went all incredibly quiet, then I went, hmm, she's going to come back either wed or married, uh, wed or married, wed or preggers. 
I was really, even though I said, I think she's going to come back to Mrs. Titchener, I actually thought she's going to be pregnant because I thought there's a certain amount of time. There'd be no talk at all of a divorce settlement or, oh, she wants, you know, half the house or whatever the heck. Mm. There's none of that. And Mm. if ever a controlling, angry, frustrated git like him is going to get upset about, it's what he perceives as being right or wrong with a divorce Mm. settlement. There was none of that. Yeah. Jojo Sexy Heels. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels. I first of all wanted to say thank you so much to Royfield. Uh, the meetup at Cocodelic was brilliant. I loved meeting the people behind the voices. And I was sat next to the space accountant, which was thrilling because we'd been talking for half an hour before we actually got to that point. So love to everybody who was there. I really wanted to have a little talk about what I thought was going to happen about the shop because quite clearly every time Hazel Woolley is mentioned in the back of my head I can just hear Munchkin singing ding dong the witch is dead the mighty witch is dead because that's really what I want to happen to Hazel Woolley but you just know that she's going to be in the archers for years to come and Whatever is planned for that village shop, it is clearly not going to be what we want. I loved her. I'm the professional here. She finally has found her niche in life. She's the boss of the shop. And I just have this awful feeling it's going to get taken away from her. So bye for now, everyone. Jojo Sexy Hills signing out. She reckons Hazel's going to shut the shop. Yeah, I think we all all reckon that, don't we? Because she, she was Poor kind Susan, of after all our hard work. Tabards. Shall we flog them in the shop, Lucy? <laughs> there seems to be some movement, some demand <laughs> that Dumpty Drum listeners want us to uh, flog tabards in our shop. I just hate the word. I hate. I even hate the word tabard. Awful, awful. <laughs> um, so just remind me what Hazel actually owns, the property that she owns. It's it's the cottage, isn't it, where the Grundies are? Yeah. And, it's... and the flat above the old shop. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Who's okay. in that now? Uh, Well, it was Fallon. No, hasn't she moved back into the... After she's working at Jack's, then she came back... So why was why then was Harrison Burns having a shower in the bull? She's living back at the bull, isn't she? Well, after, did the shop with because the shop flooded? Oh, was that you know I can't remember if that was pre or post. I think flood. That, yeah. Okay. I think All that right. was that. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. I give you that. I think Jolene had her own personal <laughs> flood when she caught <laughs> when she caught Harrison in the shower. Oh, that was another unpleasant scene. Isn't she slightly oh. too old to flood? I don't know. The art. Oh God! <laughs> I've just thought. No, we kind of a Jolene pregnancy story, just to put the whole tin out on it. Really. No, oh! no, no, she... Anyway. Mm-hmm. What? No. She's too old, isn't she? She's yeah. too old. She's too old. Can we move on to Huckleberry Jim, please? Thank God. Hello, my name is Jim Irving. I am Huckleberry Jim on the Twitter. I'm a long-time listener to the podcast, but I'm a first-time caller in a row. I wanted to talk to you about two things this week. The first was the completely unnecessary way that Ruth shouted David's name when she discovered that Heather Pet had gone for a wander. Uh, I've been a defender of Ruth in the past, but she was just really irritating. And I think 
She was clearly worried about Heather Pep, but at that point, had I been David, I would have let her drive up to Pruda on her own and really bugger the consequences. Uh, the second point is a plot prediction, really. It's to do with the shop and Hazel Woolley. Clearly, Hazel's in the midst of doing something. She's either selling the shop, or my personal prediction is that she's going to reopen it as Woolley's Willies, which will be the finest dildo emporium in Borsetshire. Um, anyway... I think you do a great job with the podcast and I will hopefully call again soon. Thanks very much. First time caller in era. To be honest, I heard the first part of his call and then I thought, right, you know what, what I'm a just lovely gonna... voice no, no, that no, no, man's no, no, got. No, no, no. And then I stopped listening. I know listening. you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're going to smile all over him. Right. I'm just going to put him yeah. in his place. Right. How long did he say he's been listening to Dumpty Dum? Don't know. wasn't listening. I, from the very beginning. What do you mean you weren't listening? He said he's got an amazing voice and you've gone all peculiar. No, I just, I just lost focus on what he was saying. I was just listening to his all voice right, thinking, well, Ooh, you sound very nice. Bring you back to reality. He said from episode yes. one. Okay. Right. What are yeah. new caller in is supposed to do when they first time call her in They say they first time call her Yes. And tell oh. us what they do. So, you know what? Big black mark against his name as far as I'm concerned. He's trying to give it a listen to me. I've been listening to this from, from episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been lurking. It's like, no. Yeah, but he might like... be something awful. It might put me right off. Well, I don't like the man at all. And I'm telling you right now, any more faux pas like that, right, you'll never get on air. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome on board. It's lovely to have you. Now, what did he say, Lucy? Um, well, the only bit I can properly made a note before I just started drawing hearts was uh, Ruth shouting David's name. Going, David! When she found out that our mum had gone missing. Mm. And that annoyed him. <laughs> I thought Ruth did quite well there. I thought that was a bit of good actoring, I thought. Mm. Uh, but I thought David was a right pain in the eye. I mean, much as, you know, I my my love for David is well documented, but... He was cut. He just keeps saying. And Dormouse. And Dexter. Oh, right. And for Huckleberry um, Jim. And yes. Andrew Horn. Um, and, but it's David just, just seems basically remarkably... any man <laughs> that comes across your path. <coughs> Would that you. be fair? No, because you come across my path quite often. You've had a thing for me before. <laughs> you know you have. Why are you giggling so embarrassing? <laughs> you just need to embrace it. You've had a thing for me, Lucy. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> um, yeah, you put me right off now. I can't remember what I was going on about. It's not I what thought... said at the time. The complete and utter opposite, actually. But anyway, let, this, is, this podcast isn't about us. You frequently, you know... It's not want... about your flights of fancy. That's my so flights of fancy. You need to check a hold of yourself, woman. But anyway. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum Blood Spirit calling. Charlie needs to wise up, doesn't he? Why on earth would he call Robin, sit him down and say, I suspect you've been cooking the books. I suspect you're an extremely dodgy person and I'm going to tell you about it and now I'm going to investigate it. When what he should have done was to go and do it in the background. Don't tell Rob anything and then get all the evidence and confront him with it because... If he tells Rob that he's going to do something like that, then Rob will do his level best to cook the books even more and to hide his tracks. God, Charlie, get a ruddy grip. He doesn't know who he's dealing with, does he? Honestly. 
Meanwhile, absolutely loving Susan's attempt to turn the community shop into Empire Ambridge. I'm looking forward to her actually commissioning a Soho creative agency to rebrand the whole thing. <laughs> the tabards won't be the only won't be the only thing she'll be rebranding. It'll be the whole thing. Awful lot going on in Ambridge this week. It's quite exhausting, but uh, pretty good listen. Right. Blythe Spirit. Yes, that was it was a bit James Bond, wasn't it? Charlie saying to Rob, I have found out that a thing is wrong and I'm going to build up lots of evidence about the thing that is wrong and then I'm going to expose you as the doer of the wrong thing. So I'm just giving you plenty of warning. <laughs> it's a bit like when James Bond's dangling over the crocodile pit and then, uh, you know, the, the evil enemy says, Ah, well, now you're going to die anyway. Won't do you any, won't do me any harm if I give you the password that's going to stop nuclear war. And he says, oh, okay then. Um... Yes, uh, it would have been better if Charlie had just cracked on and uh, found out what the thing was. But then we wouldn't have known that's what he was doing, would we? Mm. So you can kind of see the point. Is it typical exposition when things are kind of That's explained? the word. Yes. The very, very word. Mm. Now, Blythe Spirit, even though I didn't quite agree with what you said there, because as I said, we kind of do need some things explaining because... It isn't a visual drama, right? So sometimes things need to be spelled out. But, isn't it? But no, it's not, Lucy. I just thought I hadn't got my radio tuned in properly. No. Well, no. You think surely the gag would have been, I've got my TV tuned in properly. <laughs> but anyway, but <laughs> our blind spirit, she's <laughs> a very visually literate person because she posted up on the Twitters, are you team Charlie? Which has got a whole yeah. load of love on Facebook, yeah. actually. Uh, and on, on, on the Twitters. And she only designed a Team Charlie t-shirt. I saw it. It's great. It's it had a little corn very fade, Very cool. Very cool. I'm almost thinking maybe we should whack that in our shop. What do you yes, reckon, Blythe Spirit? If you, if you will allow us to do that, I will uh, put that design up. But let us know. Cool. Uh, next, caller in Witherspoon. Oh, I love Thinks a bit we should be should be we should be more sympathetic to Helen. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Handsome husband and I are back from our holidays in London, buzzing as always, and Scotland, beautiful as ever, while Angus was enjoying a fortnight in New England. We missed a long string of 90-degree days while we were away, instead enjoying the chilly and damp weather on your side of the pond. Nevertheless, the warmth of our friends, great food and drink, and spectacular landscape, among other things, made up for it. While I couldn't attend the Dumpty Dum get-together, hanging with Royfield for an evening was a bonus. He's as lovely in person as he is on the internet. Ironically, we didn't listen to the Archers for our entire trip, so I embarked on some marathon listening since I've been home. Royfield alerted me that there were major happenings while I was away. I guess I also wasn't that surprised that Rob and Helen tied the knot, but I've enjoyed listening to the responses of our fellow Dumpty Dummers to their marriage. I think we should be more sympathetic to Helen. Yes, she's been oblivious to the darkness that lurks inside Rob, but it's easy to understand why. And she does always seem to be off-camera, so to speak, when his anger flares, 
Did you catch another one of his brief outbursts directed toward Henry? So has Rob indeed been cooking the books. Will Charlie uncover this, as well as the secrets of Culvert Gate? How will Rob react? Handsome husband suggests that Rob will kill Charlie. Far-fetched, I do think, but Miss Alliance last week first theorized about Rob's alleged murderous past. Has there ever been a murder on the archers? This could be a first. Remember Rob's violent reaction to the man who was taking pictures of the hunt. Maybe it's not so far-fetched, after all, to believe that Rob is capable of such a dastardly deed. And as for my take on Brian and, Ad and Adam, I'm on Team Adam and Team Andrew Horn on this one. I know that Brian owns the farm and Adam works for him, but Brian's coming across as a bit of a bully, which I've previously accused him of being. Yes, it makes sense to set up some incentives for Adam, even strong ones, but to take away his salary strikes me as rather Scrooge-like. I was surprised that Adam so quickly agreed to the new arrangement. And Brian does appear to be playing out something else here related to the stepfather-stepson relationship. I must disagree with both Lucy and Royfield. I think the river of animus flows downhill from Brian to Adam. And back to the not-so-surprise nuptials, my biggest laugh of the week came when I heard Emma complaining to no end to Ed about Rob and Helen deciding to marry without first consulting her, and thus depriving her of her God-given right to be a bridesmaid. Good to hear a bit of her self-centeredness returning. She'll turn into her mother yet. One last comment. Now that the insurance company has put the kibosh on the changing room plans for the bull, which I don't think was a nice thing to do, Will Kenton accuse David of colluding with the insurance adjuster? Just wondering. Well, it's good to be back. I think we've run over in our session today. Till next week, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Um, and Handsome Husband, Witherspoon's Handsome Husband, mm. uh, thinks that Rob will kill Charlie, which it, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how he's come to that conclusion, but it would certainly be a dramatic end to the storyline. Mm. But, you know, as we keep saying, Rob, as he gets trapped, takes bigger and bigger risks. He's already, you know, conveniently disposed. of. Oh, one of the things I thought of was, do you reckon that... You know, this money that's going missing mm. from Barrow Farm, it's not going to pay maternity, whatever, or anybody. It's payoff money to Stefan. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, that makes that would complete make sen yeah. utter sense, doesn't it? Because it's disappearing. It could also be vaguely run through the business because... You know, he we could say it was a it was a, a payoff or a final payment or a holiday. But you know what I mean? You could kind of get it through them. It wouldn't be like him just withdrawing, you know, three grand in cash and then FedExing it to to Stefan. It could be done under the within the cloak of the business. Well, no, 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 no. You're kind of right, but I think you're wrong slightly on the detail because any payment to Stefan is going to going to going to be done through the payroll and in effect you have to involve hr because barrow farm is going to have a person that looks after that those things but what he could do he's going to have to say there was um i had to pay a little bit extra for some feed or for something yeah and he's going to manufacture some invoices to right. for the for the shortfall 
Right. You know, he cannot say I'm giving Stefan money because no. that's out of his purview. But okay. it can lose it in other bits of the business where he's actually ordering. But right. genius, Lucy. Like that. Hmm. Ever thought well, of we'll hosting a, an Archer's podcast? Because you could have a pretty good handle on things, I tell you. No, I'm too busy doing this one. Okay, great. Sicatris <laughs> <laughs> chair. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. That is the end of the calls. Right then, let's take five. I'm going to have myself some camp coffee. Uh, what are you going to drink? Uh, today I am drinking a... Wait one moment, I've just thrown the bottle in there. Queen of Diamonds India Pale Ale. Made from Wildcard mm. Brewery, which is my local brewery. Micro brewery up the road. Jolly good it is too. Tell you, my friend Jennifer Reba, when I was in San Francisco, got me into the odd pale ale. They mm. drink it over there like it's going out of fashion. It's cracking stuff. Mm, it's lovely. All right, now we've done that kind of advert for a random company that's not going to pay us for it. Why don't we have some more <laughs> proper adverts? <laughs> Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on. Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone, Millie Bell here. Just to comment on the subject of Calypso's interest in the arches that was raised last week, you're right. Calypso does sometimes land up listening to the archers when she's home from university. I don't think she chooses to, but it's on in the room and I say shh really quickly. But she does tend to ask a lot of questions about what's happening and she got very incensed about what she believed was Brian's betrayal. When I explained that he was the dad and he was talking about Adam, she got really upset. So I said, well, look, you know, if you feel that strongly about it, you need to uh, phone in Dumpty Dum, and she did. So she's not a fan of the archers yet, but I'm an optimist, and who knows? Um, this week on our Facebook page, I uh, was interested to see that people still don't like Rob Titchener, do they? But let's start with um, my. The first question we asked was, "Who wants to raise a glass to the happy couple?" Apparently, nobody does. Um, Nancy Dickey said, "In the sense that the mere thought of being married to Titchener is enough to drive anyone to drink." I mean. Uh, D. Leary said, I'll raise a bottle over Titchy Knob's head and bring it down again. Hard. And uh, I have to say that uh, Asher Wolf Robinson, Margaret Jones, Rosie Cross, Vicky Berry, Kate Newey, Lorna Fitzpatrick, uh, Jackie Reese, M. Johnson, and Leo Horstmeyer all agreed nobody wanted to drink to the happy couple. Um, we then asked who should we get to open the village shop 
Susan has left the possibilities wide open, even though she is the only professional. And the uh, general consensus seems to be that people would like uh, Roe Ifield and uh, Lucy to open the shop, which I think is a lovely idea. Someone else suggested Benedict Cumberbatch, which I really like because I love Sherlock. Um, and Denise Tom, and that was Alexandra Allport. And Denise Tomlinson said, I think Susan is totally genius. Jimmy's in a tabard is just such a sensational thought. Um, and I did put up a post on Friday I was so bemused so completely taken aback by the idea of um, Susan thinking that a tabard represents retail modernisation I just couldn't I couldn't type anything about it I couldn't say anything about it but eventually I managed to and said you know am I the only one that's been giggling over this and Kate knew he said oh I am in awe of Susan. I wouldn't dare giggle. Such professionalism. Tabards. I mean, tabards. And as if that isn't enough name badges. We all have so much to learn from her. Art rehabilitation schemes for ex-prisoners. Wonderful. (laughs) Sharon Evans posted up a really good uh, picture of an identity card. And it's headed with Village Shop, Susan Carter, Chief Gossip and Spitemonger. I didn't know that was her official title. Diane Telford said, I was surprised she didn't suggest nice nylon uniforms. Oh, gosh, you <laughs> you are a funny lot. So, uh, yes, we'll have more to discuss next week, I'm sure. Keep them coming. Uh, we're increasing every week with the number of people who like our Facebook page. So more and more people are getting involved go you and I will see you next week. Hooroo! Lucy. Yes. Very quickly. Hashtag the Archer's tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much please. Hemingway DM. I have it on good authority that Granny Heather has signed a three season deal with Amazon Prime. AEC 0303 said Pipple be in that caravan with the treks, lads, a bottle of vodka and some goose fat before you can blink. <laughs> uh, Dusty Substances described uh, Pat hearing the, in inverted commas, good news about the wedding. Gosh, you could almost hear Pat's delighted smile cracking like a pensioner's knee joint. (laughs) Uh, Double Agent 73 said, I'd like to toast my extraordinary granddaughter. Yes, we all wish you would, Jill. And Dr. Wallington is uh, Tweet of the Week. Who said, the foundations aren't cheap. They are Borsich's premier Motown tribute act. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Very good. (laughs) Oh, this is the end. Yes, let let let's crack on with um, a little bit of dumdydum.com news. We've got a forum on dumdydum.com, and it's most awesome. This week the debate can has we call been... it the Dumpty Dum Forum or against them? Well, why don't you log on for a change and go and change oh, yeah, the name exactly? Okay. Mm. <clears throat> Remember, we're a partnership, Lucy. Sorry. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now debate this week has been about Rob and Helen in Wedded Bliss, where Landis Gentry 44 started the O Adam thread. I am perplexed by Adam. I've always liked him and enjoy him showing that you can be gay and boring. Well, not boring, but the gay thing doesn't mean that you spend your life in clubs sniffing lines of coke off speedo clad go-go boys. 
Also on DumptyDum.com, we have Blythe Spirits article which needs your comments. Are you Team Charlie? As Rob is concerned, yes, go get them slugger. So go and log on if you needed any more reasons to. Uh, remember, we've got some merch on there. Uh, and by the way, shop news. We need some bongs here or something. We are moving <laughs> the shop to Zazzle.com away from Cafe Press because guess what? Do they see? do bongs? No, sorry. What? Yes. Probably do, actually. They're, they're, all, <laughs> they're very with it, you know, on that Zazzle.com. I'm sure we could put our logo on, on one of them bong sticks or whatever the heck they're called. <laughs> But anyway, Lucy, yes. the real reason why we moved to Zazzle.com is, take a wild guess. Details, I'll tell you. They're cheaper. No. What? Well, this is a bit of a worry, folks, right? Because you've got, we do actually have our logo on a tea towel. They sell Yay. tea towels at Zazzle.com. Yay, indeed. Who bloody uh, are? That's taken ages. It, it has. But, but what's the bad bit? Yeah, the bad bit is it seems to be a little bit pricey. How much do you normally pay for a tea towel? I've no idea. I haven't bought one for ages. Uh, well, about exactly. eight, eight quid or something? Well, maybe? these are like 12. Oh, well, they're special, yeah. aren't they? Well, Sarah, that's would what you, I Sarah, too. Sarah, would you spend £12 on a tea towel? Um, yeah, I think The answer right. here is yes, right. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. That's our audience research done. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Okay. Well, then I don't need to feel bad. (laughs) And then I'm going to whack the link in tomorrow. So, and we have some special because the nation has demanded it. Special bespoke. We hate you, Rob fucking Titchener. Tea towels coming. And you, Lucy. They don't say that, do they? No, no. Because I was just about to cue you up. Sorry, sorry. You'd think we'd actually got this double at working after like (laughs) 70 episodes, right? Because you, you? Lucy, have written some pithy one-liners haven't you i have you're not going to ask me i can't remember what they were great all right sorry (laughs) all right let's move on then but they're (laughs) going to be really funny folks trust us oh i washed my hands of you titchener was one wasn't it that's that's pretty good that's i'm gonna look them up are they all of that standard uh i think some are good hang on a minute (laughs) i will (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what they were Ooh. Oh, talk amongst yourself for a minute while I have a look. Lucy, why don't well, yes. Lucy? Yeah. This, this is. This, I was going to say this is great radio, but it's not even that. Uh, no. It's yeah. Right. Why don't we just move on? Okay. And people can click onto our website and see what puns you've come up with. Okay, that's a good idea because they're they all there. Oh, there we go. Look, Titchy Knob must die. Sorry, mm-hmm. Titchy Knob must die. I wash my hands of you, Rob Titchener, while I dry the dishes. Titchener sleeps with the fishes and like free one. free the Ambridge one, save Helen Titchener. <laughs> so that's what we've got. Actually, Lucy, that was worth the wait. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad you ignored me and just ploughed on regardless. You are always glad when I ignore you, Royfield, and I one am. day you will realise the benefit in me ignoring you. Now, this week... We've also had some of our great listeners sporting our merch on social media. We had Glyn Fullerlove spreading the Dumpty Dum gospel in the south of France in his manly Dumpty Dum t-shirt. Witherspoon from the US, on the move in Bonnie, Scotland and dressed to impress sporting our wares. And finally, if you needed proof of the international of uh, nature of the Dumpty Dum world, look no further than at Sarah CM Knits on Twitter with... Franklin at, sorry, 
at Franklin Habit and at Greenside Knits, looking sexy, smart and ready to crochet at Midwest Knits this weekend at the Renaissance Hotel and Conference Centre in Schoenberg, Illinois, US of A. Whew. We got Dumpy Dum merch, four points of Planet Earth, folks. Right, now, don't forget, you can go to patreon.com where you can donate £2 a show, which is Patreon, which is spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Dumpy Dum, where you can support the show, which is uh, for $2, which is round about £1.30 in real money. And you can also donate to the show by going to our site and hitting the donate button. Order of John Archer News. Uh, Lord Netherborn has decided to look a little more closely at some of the applications submitted as he only wants the right sort of chaps in the order. But he assures us that this should be ready next week and there will be a new page on dumdydum.com listing all those in the order and we will publicise it and the Johns. Yes, Morgan, NYNY, we know that there is a colonial meaning to the expression Johns. And of course, this was furthest from our mind when we devised this most prestigious new order for the show. We are not casting aspersions on your anyone's moral uh, attributes by naming Absolutely them John. Absolutely not. Not on this podcast, no. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the site, or you can call us on 0203031 to leave us a message. You can also find us on Twitter, where we are at Dumpty Dum, or you can tweet me, where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman, Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith, or Sarah. Hello, sorry. I didn't know if you were going to start me off there. Me (laughs) at Sarah Douglas. Oh, you know what, Lucy? What? I enjoyed this week's show. Did you? Yeah. Because we had nice Sarah on and she was was even nastier than I am. Yeah, I was vile. nice way she's vile in a good way you're a you're a woman with opinions Uh, that's what i'd say you know a woman with pointed opinions and you know our podcast needs such a woman can you come on again sometime yes please Mm -hmm. we'll definitely get you one now um normally at this point uh after we've done the you know the psychoanalyst the psychoanalysis of (laughs) one of our guests dressed up as talking about the archers you know they (laughs) They kind of thank us and leave lots of money on the side and then wander out the room and then the next guest comes in. Obviously. Obviously. So how, how much do you think your counselling session was worth this week? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what do you reckon? I think, I mean, I'm definitely going to buy a tea towel, though I wish I could get one that said, um, I hate Rob fucking Titchener. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't, though, <laughs> which you wouldn't then use because you disagree. You're with a complicated you would, woman. You would cross yeah. it out and write you love. Almost, I'd like it for show so that other people then think that, you know, this was all just a joke and uh, I am normal. But, um... <laughs> uh, I'll obviously definitely be going and donating, but I might have a few glasses of wine first to sort of loosen up my uh, my donating fingers. That's very good. Okay. Most of uh, our purchases are made by people in an advanced state of refreshment. Of course. We've decided, yeah. Okay. Um, but how, Sarah, how does somebody who likes the archers end up working for the sun? Because the two demographics don't readily overlap in my mind. No, they don't, do they? I, I don't think they do for me either. Um, it's just great. 
both both things are equally great. But um, as as you said, I'm I'm a complicated woman, so uh, <laughs> I just like to I just like to mix it up and keep people guessing, obviously. And mm. very diplomatic as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of them are national institu- institutions, aren't they? It is true. There you go. That's maybe that's their sort of Venn diagram crossover. Mm. So the next thing probably is Buckingham Palace. I could see you in the press office at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> you have to, apparently you have to wear tights all through the year if you work at Buckingham Palace. Well, even the Palace. men. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's just a stock. I think Prince Edward does, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> listen, Doggers, bugger off. We'll, 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 we'll catch all of you another time. But listen, thank you for being part of our little match thank show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Oh, it's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you Bye-bye. later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.